Hi, I'm Ellie Main, an artist and podcast host from London in the UK, and this is Recovery Mode, a podcast about the 12 steps. Each week, I sit down with my friend Emily Sledge, a recovery teacher and sponsor, and we talk about the steps, we tell recovery stories, and we interview some incredible people about their experiences in recovery and beyond. This is a podcast for everyone, because so is recovery. Okay, here we go. Penultimate step. Whoa. <laughs> In a way, the penultimate step, because it's like we've always talked about how a lot of the time you go back and start from the beginning or it becomes like this ongoing practice in your life. But we are officially on step 11 out of 12, which is nuts, but very exciting. Yeah. Um, last week's episode was super fun. It was a little bit different. We had Andre Bradford on the show and who is an amazing spoken word poet. And he gave me permission to use some of his poetry in the episode. So you get a little slice of what he does and it's fantastic and he was just such a pleasure to talk to you so I do encourage that you go back and listen to that episode and then today Emily is going to take me through step 11. Absolutely I can hardly believe that we're already this far it's like it just seems like only like a month ago that we were like okay we're, we're gonna, gonna do, do this, this thing <laughs> yeah we're gonna do step one it's gonna be amazing <laughs> but uh yeah so I'm excited about it I'm a little nervous about today because I've been thinking about some of the stories that I want to share mm. that are uh vulnerable but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to talk about it. Speaking of stories, we just got some really cool feedback about people who've been listening and at affecting people and, and moving people to make changes in their life, which is the whole point of us doing this in the first place. So that's really encouraging and awesome. And just we would love to hear more of those stories if you want to send those in through social medias or what have you, or just a you know, good old fashioned email, hello at recoverymodepodcast.com. Uh, we love reading those and being able to share those out because this is why we're here. This is what we're doing this for. Yeah. Oh, and then if you have a minute, if you can go leave us a review Ooh, yeah. on Apple Podcasts, that would be super helpful because it's not just about like feeding our ego, like, oh, y'all are awesome. <laughs> Tell uh, me I'm amazing. <laughs> right. I mean, it's always lovely to hear, but it's actually more because the more reviews we get, the higher our podcast moves up in the list so that people are able to find us and are able to find healing themselves. So yeah, if this has a- been impactful for you, a great way to, like give back is just take 30 seconds to do that yes please that would be awesome <laughs> no we don't have to do our spiel at the end of us. that's right we did it early <laughs> god it snuck it in there that's right okay step 11 let's do it okay there it is so step 11 is that we sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with god as we understood him praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out whoa okay that's possibly great. the longest step <laughs> Yeah. there is <laughs> a little it's wordy a, oh you mean it's not a one and done it's not it's like some pieces press to and i'm done <laughs> right exactly wow yeah, okay and, and so this yeah there's uh there's a lot packed into this so i used to think that this was kind of a, a little bit of a throwaway step right because you know we've talked about how four and five are their mountain and eight and nine are their mountain and it feels like those are the point and mm-hmm. in addition to the first three steps the first three steps are just so foundational but all the other ones just kind of felt like filler steps to me and so yeah. the, the when i first went through this i just i don't even remember this impacting the slightest <laughs> and even like the first time or two that i taught through it but the more 
far that I progressed in my own recovery, the more I realized how essential this step is. Mm. Because if we're stepping back and looking at the big picture of recovery, the whole point of it is that we came to this realization that me doing things through my own strength and power, my own understanding, my own knowledge and wisdom, it's not working for me. Right. And therefore we made this decision of, I am going to trust in my higher power. Mm-hmm. You know, whether that is Jesus for you and me, or it is Yoda or, <laughs> uh, you know, um, I was just talking to somebody the other, the other day who their higher power is their love for their child. Cause oh. they want to be the best mom that she can be uh, for her child. That's great. So in those moments of like calling upon your higher power to help, it's calling upon yes. this idea of like, how can I be the best mom that I can be? Right. That's awesome. Yeah. That. So again, we, you and I uh, know that we follow you know the Christian ideology for, for who Jesus is and, and that power in our lives. So if we've identified that needing a higher power is essential to our life changing, then we need to be in this constant contact, as they word it, with mm-hmm. our higher power right. so that we don't lose sight of the things that we are aspiring to, uh, yeah. the things the things that we are trying to be free from the why yeah your why and then you know like it talks about uh seeking out your higher powers will you know i think sometimes we can be in automatic mode and be somewhat apathetic and complacent because life is pretty good yeah but we can be totally tuned out from the good that we could be doing in our own lives, in our family's lives, in our friends, in the world, chasing after purpose. Mm-hmm. And so even if life is pretty good, if we still need that conscious contact daily with our higher powers so that we can pursue the good we are meant to do in this world. Mm. And I guess if you're, let's say your higher power, your higher power comes from a quote unquote kind of religious background, right? Something like mm-hmm. if, you've, if you're already a practicing Christian or Hindu or Buddhist or whatever, then it, I can see how it might feel at first like a throwaway step. It's like, well, I'm already doing that. Yeah. Um, but then like, and I think I remember thinking that to myself and then quickly thinking, well, are you? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Am I there? Like just because yeah. I'm going to church and I'm engaging with sort of the idea of the higher power and everything that comes with it in terms of the culture and the people and everything, that doesn't actually mm-hmm. mean I'm carving time into my life to sit with God, just me and God and pray. It's so easy sometimes when, especially if you have Christian community, Christian friends saying like, will you pray for me? And you're like, I'm doing it now. And then, and like, that's it, right? (laughs) Then you move on with your day. Yeah. So yeah, it is. It's interesting if it's like, it feels on the surface, like, yeah, well, no duh. And then as soon as you start digging into it, you're like, yeah, I actually really don't do that too much. Most of the time. Right. (laughs) Which is evidence that we have to go back to step one always, because if we're not seeking our higher power for strength, for help, for inspiration, then that means we're falling back on, well, I don't really need you that much today. I just, I know what I need to do and I'm just going to knock it out. Falling back you know? on ourselves. Right. Yeah. So yeah. And, and, you know, I, I am definitely one of those people who grew up in the church there's a lot of legalism in my childhood. There were just a lot of rules, uh, you know, boxes you had to check. And I was really good at that. But just because I was good at checking my boxes, you know, and I, uh, 
you know, the don't drink, don't smoke, don't have sex, mm-hmm. uh, don't cuss. Uh, when I was little, don't Equals listen. perfect Christian. Right, don't listen to secular <laughs> music, da, da, da. You know, like so much legalism in my past, but I didn't really experience any freedom mm. uh, or joy or healing or hope because that was not something that was communicated to me. Or at least if it was, I missed it. Right. So like this daily habit of praying through whatever comes up in your day, the good and the bad, uh, that was just not really a part of how I did life. Right. You know, and, and I could tell the whole rest of my story and, and how I went into this deep depression end of high school and then going into the beginning of college and uh, didn't want to be alive anymore. And I, right. you know, doubt, I, I, that's when I really started to actually doubt there even was a God, you know, kind of comes back to the whole idea. How would a loving God allow some, you know, pain? Yeah. And how could he call himself my good father? The problem of suffering. Right. Exactly. And like, you know, there's this whole story about like how God brought me out of that. But even after that, like this daily conscious contact thing, like it was something that I knew I should do. Like I, I should sit down and meditate. I should sit down and pray as a Christ follower. I should sit down and have my time in the Bible and I would have it here and there, but it was, it was just not part of my daily life. Right. But then last year, the very beginning of last year in 2020, uh, right before the pandemic kicked off, uh, with a bang, <laughs> God showed me and my husband that he was calling us out of Austin and into Colorado Springs. And that whole process was incredibly painful for me. Yeah. I felt like I had lost a dear friend. I felt my, like my home died. And then when the pandemic kicked off, I, I, I couldn't even have a going away party. So it felt like mm. I couldn't even have a funeral. Yeah. I couldn't even have a closure on that. Right. Like, no and we closure. talked about in episode, I think in the intro, how you're as like Texas as they come. Oh, <laughs> David, David so Texan. You're like really pulling out some deep roots by moving oh, yeah. away. Very, I lo- felt like I lost a piece of my identity. Some yeah. Of. And, uh, you know, so like for me, it was like, I was obedient to what I knew he was calling me to do, but I was also heartbroken Mm -hmm. in doing it. And, uh, but so we moved here and I didn't have anybody around me, no family nearby, no friends nearby. And things were starting to kind of fall apart a little bit. So I was already a little bit depressed. And then Mm. uh, my daughter started having some health issues, um, like terrible gut issues. And then Mm. went along with behavioral issues and the pediatrician just kept telling her to take Miralax so she could poop more because she's at a dry climate now. And I'm like, that's just not, (laughs) it's just not the whole picture. And then she started doing this thing just terrified me. Um, and, I, and I'll tell the reason why I'm sharing all this, but she started having what looked like a seizure. Mm. She would cry so hard that she'd stop breathing and then her eyes would roll back in her head and her whole body would shake and she'd pass out for a few seconds. Whoa. Yeah. And, you know, she did it for various reasons. One time she did it because I turned off the TV and she was mad that I turned off the TV. <laughs> but one time she did it because I uh, lost my temper and I yelled at her. Mm. And so, and then she had this like passing out thing. And after like, I, I like, I held her and she cried and everything's better. I went into the kitchen and I wept on the floor. I felt, well, one, so alone, but also so defeated and like the worst mom in the world. Just everything had piled up at that yeah. point. Yeah, I was just, I was done. I was at the end of my rope. I just didn't know how to fix these things that were broken in my life. Mm. And I was trying to use my recovery tools, but but again, this conscious contact thing 
was not every single day. Right. So I told God, uh, sitting there crying on the kitchen floor, I was like, I am desperate for you to show up to help me change my life because I feel powerless to do this by myself. So I am going to wake up and first thing in the morning before my kids are up, I'm going to spend that time with you and I need you to show up in a powerful way. And <laughs> for anybody who knows me, I am like the opposite of a morning person. Same. <laughs> I hate mornings. I hate them. I, I mean, I've always struggled with chronic fatigue, so I'm just really tired. Like even if I wake up at 9am, I'm tired. Yeah. And so getting less sleep than I even was getting (laughs) was like taking away what felt most essential to my well being. So then you're also like, I feel alone. I feel let down by you. And so then I'm going to sacrifice my time, (laughs) my (laughs) sleeping time to hang out with you. So you really need to be there, dude. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Literally. I had never woken up earlier than I absolutely had to in my whole life. My kid, when I started having, when I had kids, like they were my alarm clock. So when they were up, I was up, but not until then. (laughs) So this was this massive, it really felt like a massive sacrifice to me. And and, uh, if you understand about chronic fatigue and hating mornings and all this stuff, then you get it. Otherwise you're like, that's not that big of a sacrifice. Get over it. (laughs) Get over it, girl. Um, I'm 100% in your camp. I hate getting out of bed. (laughs) Yes, but I did it. I had always resolved to do it. I was like, oh, that it was, it was on my should list, you know, I often should all over myself <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but then don't follow through. But this time I was like so desperate that I was like, but this time I have to, I, yeah, I have to do it. I have to make myself get out of bed, even if it's only 10 minutes early and then 15 minutes early and then 20 right. minutes early, like easing out. And it was so significant because, you know, I'd read the, t- the Bible countless times and, and there have been many times that I'd gotten really good things out of it. But when I brought this desperation for my higher power to show up in an impactful, life-changing way, like every time I, I spent time with him, every time I opened the Bible, I was getting these, I don't know, just these nuggets, this, these, this encouragement, these verses that spoke directly to me and where I was at. And it, it, it did, it changed my world. And and slowly but surely, I started feeling more and more able to deal with my anger. Mm. And in addition to that, because I was, I think because I was more dependent on that contact with God, I felt like he showed me what I needed to do for my daughter's health to heal her gut issues. <laughs> mm, that's so cool. And he also gave Ben a piece of it too, which was, which was really cool. So, um, so I, he did, he totally showed up in the ways that I needed him and, and like, did it all get better all at once? And then, Hey, goodbye anger issues. I wish, but I no longer feel like it has this stranglehold over me, over my parenting, over my yeah. marriage. Whereas for a while it was ruining my life. Yeah. And so because of that, I realized how absolutely essential this step is. Like, again, it, it sort of loops back to step two of you have to be in connection with what is giving you hope and strength every single day. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise you lose that focus of why like where are you going what are you doing it becomes back into autopilot back into that scene in soul i talked about of the people who just kind of wander around because they've lost their like spirit they've lost the thing that makes them excited about being a person when it's everything is so tough and compounding on itself and you don't have those moments of quiet and spiritual reflection then you get lost you get lost in your own life soup That's not a thing. <laughs> it should be. It should be a thing. With all the chunks floating around yeah. in your life. Yeah. Like, Where am I? I'm in here somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. So yeah, so... Uh... 
So that was a really big piece of it for me. It was like the prayer and the time went with, uh, with my higher power. Yeah. And then the other big piece that came along a few years ago, uh, was the meditation piece. Mm. And, oh yes. I remember you were starting to explore this while we were doing recovery. Yes, exactly. That's so cool. Yes. And you know, <laughs> these days meditation is kind of trendy. Yeah, yes. All the apps. Oh yeah, all the apps. And <laughs> regardless of your spiritual background, you know, so like science itself recommends mm-hmm. recommends meditation. You know, this practicing mindfulness of being quiet and very pr- present in your body and with your breath. And then, uh, for me, it improved my ability to hear from God, from my higher power, in a lot of ways. So I have the Soul Time app. Mm-hmm. And uh, yet an inst- another instance where we're uh, advertising it without being sponsored, but <laughs> sponsorship, um, right? Exactly. There's a bunch. Of There's like Calm is one, I think. Yes, yes. Uh, a heads- lot of them headspace. headspace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there are a lot of them. You know, some of them are are Christ-based and others are not. And I haven't really experienced the ones that are not Christ-based. But the one that I went through, like you, you can select a topic to meditate oh, on, yeah. right? So it's I thought meditation was literally you had to like sit cross legged and comfortable position um, close your eyes yes palm <laughs> your hands are you know your your middle finger and your thumb are connected and you're closing your eyes and, and then you just have to be quiet for minutes on end and I was like man I, I can't do that my, oh, my my thoughts are way too loud for that I, uh, yeah I feel like a fidgety ADHD little kid sitting crisscross <laughs> applesauce being like what, what are we doing <laughs> right. I don't want to <laughs> how many minutes yeah yes. exactly exactly like a, like a kinder how many more minutes till I'm fixed (laughs) exactly and not all so to clear that up for people who have not looked into meditation meditation does not have to be like that that is a form of meditation but you can also meditate on a topic yeah like anger or anxiety or people pleasing or things you want to improve on you know so uh you can do that around work or uh around responsibility whatever it is that you want to improve on Mm. it's out there I guarantee it there's there's some on YouTube, like say you don't even want to commit to an app, like look up meditation and an area you want to improve on, on YouTube and plenty of examples will pop up. So that was incredibly impactful for me because again, like we could just get so caught up in how busy and full life is that our thoughts are always going a million miles a minute. Even when I'm praying, sometimes I'll forget to have a portion of time carved out where I'm just listening, where I'm not talking, where I'm not trying to achieve anything where I'm just trying to, yeah, just being and hearing and receiving. And so meditation was so helpful for that because the way that they would structure it and the ones that I would, I was doing, they were like eight or nine minutes long and they would do, and they say that these very soothing voices. Some of them have lovely accents like yours, Ellie, Thank you so much. <laughs> which is just another lovely thing to listen to. I think and I then, had the soul time too. And there's that really nice British guy. Yes, yeah. exactly. It's very Hello. nice. It's Welcome very soothing. And they have sleep time ones. So for those of you having sleep issues, those are out there. But what would happen is that the teacher would teach for like three minutes, super short, just like present this concept about, you know, forgiveness or whatever it is. And then they would have you pose a question to God or to your higher power. Like, God, like who was the first person that sent me a message that I am not safe if I forgive someone? I'm opening myself up to Mm. being hurt again. And like these like deep, impactful questions like, oh, I never would have thought to ask God that or 
seek that kind of answer in my own past. And then, you know, you just process through three or four questions and then they pray at the end and it's done. Yeah. And then like at the end of the nine minutes, like anxiety levels will come down. Like I just feel more peaceful, like present in my own body. And, and so, and again, like if you're, if you think this is all hogwash, look it up, look like, look yeah. up the science on meditation. It impacts your brain, your brain chemistry, your brain shape even. And so, you know, all of the spiritual practices are good, but do the ones that are very physical too. Yeah. Meditation can have a very physical effect on your body. You know, Tim Keller, Timothy Keller <laughs> heralded as the modern day C.S. Lewis. He is a fantastic author and pastor, and he runs a church in New York City. He has an incredible book on prayer, mm-hmm. um, prayer and meditation sort of all combined and how, and like practice how to do it, like how to do it, which is something that I think a lot of people struggle with. It's just like, what am I supposed what do I do? Like, yeah, exactly. Do I sit here? Like, this is weird. Mm-hmm. And he tells this amazing story about how when he was going through seminary, which is like preschool, <laughs> that they got them to take one verse of a Psalm. I think it was the Psalms are the sort of the poetic books in the middle of the Bible. So a poetic book in the middle of the Bible. And they had to meditate on that one verse for like, I think it was like over an hour. Mm. And at first he's like, this is, I mean, I get it right. After like sitting there with five <laughs> minutes of like, yeah, okay, cool. Yep. Still the same, still the same sentence. And then they all came back together after an hour and the things that they had been like thinking of meditating on the things that they managed to pull out of that sentence after like 45 minutes of looking at it was so cool in that book. He recommends doing that with like, doesn't have to be the Bible, just like things that you let love that bring your soul joy. Like say it's a passage of your favorite, like fiction book or whatever, just like, why does that connect with you? And if you sit there for a really long time and think about it for a really long time, these things come up that you would never have expected before. And it was such a cool chapter about meditation and how it works and how it is. It does take practice for our brain to get to get quiet and to get into that uh, zone where like you're not just you're waiting to receive some information. Yeah. I thought that was an awesome explanation of like it was like a bunch of college kids being like, this is stupid. <laughs> Yeah. And then going from there. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. It can be so powerful to like, let your mind turn something over and over and then, okay, what does this mean in the context Mm. of my family? What does this mean in the context of my work and my friendships and my health, you know, just like fully applying a powerful truth to every area of your life, because isn't that what we all want is freedom and peace and joy and healing and hope in every area of our lives. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But how, how does that happen? unless we invite truth into every area of our life. Yeah, unless we go after it every day. Right, right. And prayer and meditation is one of the most powerful ways we can invite those things into all of those pieces. What do you think about, I'm just interested kind of to know, I think there's another like very buzzwordy thing going around right now is like this idea of manifesting things. Hmm. In so many, well, I mean, I work in podcasting, so I mean, I get saturated with it, but I've seen so many like episodes of like how to manifest peace, how to manifest your dreams and I I don't really know I don't really know what to think about that because because my Christian background I believe that if you ask God for things in the right spirit and it's according to his will then he wants to give good gifts to his children like that's always what I've heard yeah but I think a lot of these things can get kind of caught up and secularized, secularized. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like a lot of things of just like, mm-hmm. well, I'm just going to sit here and I'm going to manifest a million dollars. I'm going to manifest a dream house. I like all that kind of stuff. I don't know. What do you think about that whole idea of manifestation? Mm. 
has so many things attached to it. Um, I mean, obviously, I also come through, come at it with uh, this filter of, you know, seeing things through what I believe about Jesus. I do believe that belief has incredible power in mm-hmm. our lives. Mm-hmm. You know, if you believe that you cannot do something, then it will be so. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you believe that you can do something, you devote yourself to it. I think many, much, many times. Much show. Oh yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, if you believe your marriage is failing and that it's over, no matter what you try, it's probably over. Right. If you believe that your marriage has a chance, if you will both put everything into it, it I believe it will succeed. I mean, that kind of happened in my own marriage recently. Mm. You know, we were going through a lot of hard things, hard things in my husband's job. I you know, was pregnant and super sick and couldn't accomplish anything. I couldn't give anything to my marriage. He he was giving a billion percent and exhausted. Um, and I was exhausted just from feeling sick. <laughs> and yeah. Pregnant. Just from so, growing a life inside yeah, of you. Yeah. And we had, so, we had, so we had nothing to give each other. And then we were starting to get better after uh, the baby was born. And then that's when God called us to move. And then everything fell apart again. And, and we had no community. And we were overwhelmed with looking for the house. And then once we found the house, it needed a lot of work and doing all of that. And my daughter's health issues. And just there were a million things to be thinking about. And so we were kind of on the back burner as a couple. And there was a lot of yelling. I, I did not feel love for my husband very often. Mm-hmm. But what I believed with every fiber of my being is that this was a season, not the definition of our marriage. Yeah. And so he and I both kept putting a hundred percent into it as much as we could. And, and as the, you know, these issues started to resolve themselves uh, with, you know, like the house and my daughter's health issues and stuff, it gave us a little bit more bandwidth and we started doing counseling and, and <laughs> I brought this before my higher power and Jesus, you know, I don't, I don't hear like an audible voice, but like I have these, right. I wish that'd be so nice on the times when I taught myself, (laughs) but there are times when I have these thoughts from him that like, they they just don't feel like mine, especially Mm -hmm. because a lot of times they're telling me things I don't want to (laughs) hear. And (laughs) there were two or three specific instances that I brought, like, like one time I brought a fight to God uh, that we were having and, and I was so mad and I had no bandwidth to give anything to him. But God told me, he was like, you need to go and pray with your husband and you need to ask for wisdom and guidance in your marriage. And then you wait for it right then and there. And you don't get up until I give it to you. Whoa. Yeah. And we had never done that before. We had, we had prayed together before, but we had never prayed and said, we're going to sit here until God gives us the answer. Um, and he gave me a piece of the answer, some things I needed to let go of my life, you know, victimhood and that sort of thing. And then shutting him out out of self-protection. And then for him, he was like, I need to spend more time with you. And, and he's a three. So he's an achiever. So he always wants to be doing, doing, doing. So it's difficult for him to just sit on the couch with me. Yeah. And, uh, but if I had told him that he would, he would not have listened to me in the side. But because he was connecting with God, with his higher yeah. power, and he was meditating on what on what God had for him in that moment, God gave it to him. And he, he did not want to hear it. Like his foot was like shaking like crazy, you know, like that agitation, like, <laughs> yeah. I don't like this. I don't like this. I don't like this. Uh. Right. Um, but it's what we needed. And we started doing that more. And it's just, you know, so we believed that if we put 100% to it and we seek our higher power together and invite that higher power in, invite Jesus in, then our marriage could be really good again. And it is, I I would say our marriage is better now than it has ever been. And we've been together for 10 years. Yay. That's awesome. So belief does have a lot of power. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I think sometimes what we are believing for is not always good for us. You know, like uh, we, we want this project to work or we want this specific job or, you know, whatever else, this thing that we're like, yes, for sure, this is the thing that I need to be happy. And I just have so many stories of like things that have happened in my family and my life and friends. Life. I, I think of a friend uh, who's very dear to me who desperately wanted this job in Florida uh, with a mental health organization and she didn't get it and she was devastated right um, yeah. but then uh, not too long after that her dad passed away mm. and if she had been in Florida during that time she would have had no friends no community around her nobody to hold her up as she was going through this devastating time and so uh, she is a Christ follower and and God protected her from that thing that she really wanted because the thing she really wanted was not what was actually going to be good for her in her life. Yeah. Um, and then later saying like my rejection is God's protection. Yeah. Sometimes, Yeah. sometimes. And I'm not saying that every, every heartbreak and, and every no is like, you know, God specifically doing something. Right. But isn't it amazing. Sometimes you look back at the heartbreak <sighs> and you're like, Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like, I mean, Whoa, I am a different person. Exactly. I mean, guys, I wanted to date one. I desperately wanted them to ask, me out and all these things are just like those were not the right people those were not not the right jobs for me whatever it was and so I think with that belief or that to manifest something it has to be coupled with this trust in your higher power mm-hmm. because if you put all of your belief and your hope into something and does not manifest well what does that mean right. what do you, you fall what do you fall back on well that's I was about to say you can't do a trustful by yourself yeah <laughs> if you're the only person involved you can't write all right I'm gonna lean back and you're gonna you're gonna catch me oh wait <laughs> right well exactly as if you know in the trust fall you're trying to manifest a ball pit behind you right. so that you just fall into this lovely ball pit um <laughs> and sometimes that happens you know you you throw everything into something and and it happens you know but if it if you fall what are you falling on like if if, if what you're trying to manifest doesn't come into existence yeah what catches you i think i told you once about someone who they were very much they wanted to have a whole well I say they wanted to have a discussion about spirituality they wanted to like yell at me about their opinion or my opinion about spirituality. <laughs> yes. uh, which is fine it's happened to me enough now that I get to just I can just sit there and be like uh-huh okay um, <laughs> but they they very pleased with themselves came up with this analogy that having a belief in a higher power is like triple a and I was like yeah well what do you do when your car breaks down yeah. <laughs> and it was like well no I just mean that like you have to have someone there to hold your hand and I was like like, yeah, but so do Sometimes you. Sometimes you do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we all do. And it's actually not shameful. Um, what, what's really cool, I think, about step 11 is that it is a chance to go all the way back and look at step two and step three and see, you know, because the whole, the, the, we've talked about it before, but the, the concentrating on the part of like, as we understand or as we understood and to go back and compare, like, what was that relationship with your higher power like in two compared to 11? I bet that's crazy powerful if you've yeah. undergone like if the steps have been doing some t- hard work in you totally well because even this step still says improving our conscious contact with god as we understood him mm-hmm. so like as much as you do understand or as much as you do connect with this higher power 
you know, and, 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 and hopefully this whole time you've been flushing that out because again, I think recovery is, is, it's not worthless, but it loses its potency. Mm-hmm. If you, if there's no higher power attached to it. Yeah. Cause again, that's the whole basis of it. The whole basis is I want a strength and a power outside of myself that I can rely on when my strength and my power are not enough. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a overall humbling idea of like, not well, humbling and it's humbling in that it is truly taking not only the like burden of all the responsibility of figuring out all of your life by yourself mm-hmm. it's also taking the blame and the shame of the things that have come before that have put you into this place mm-hmm. and the way that you reacted you've acted thus far in relationships and stuff it takes that too and it gives you this grace to be a person and to say like I am the way that I am because of things that have happened to me and things that I've done and choices that I've made in a world I cannot control mm-hmm. and and that is okay. And mm-hmm. now I get to try and be better, but, but love on myself when I mess up, which I will. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Why do you think that the step says praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry it out? I think that that is touching on the idea that sometimes we trust God with certain areas of our life and other times we are like, yeah, but I don't really want your opinion <laughs> and input on this. Yeah, but I've already uh, decided what college I'm going to, so I'm just going to do that. Dude, or like you're in a relationship and you know it's not a healthy relationship. You know that it's toxic. You know they bring out the worst in you, but you don't want to be alone. And when the good times are good, they're really good. Mm-hmm. And you just don't want to think about the bad times. And so if you were to bring that to your higher power, you know, he would is. say, yes, you would say, like, listen, this is hurting you. And I know you're scared and I know it's risky to like honor what I'm telling you and putting on your heart. But if you want freedom and healing, it lies down this path only. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, you know, to pray only for a knowledge of his will is like, I am not going to willfully hold back areas of my life just because I don't like what you're going to say about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's also that let's say that your relationship with your higher power isn't, um, maybe this is all very new, mm-hmm. very new to you. I think it kind of takes the pressure off a little bit into saying mm-hmm. that like what we're going to deal with here in this step what we're going to deal with mm-hmm. is this piece um, and what we know because of all the work that we've done is that your higher power or god or whoever you understand them to be surely does does not want you to relapse you can yeah. you can you can rely on just that if that's all you've got like okay let's say you're struggling with an addiction of some kind of substance you know that god does not want that to continue in your life right. and so by praying only just keeping it to that the knowledge of his will for you i think it takes this pressure off to be like okay so I guess that you're my best friend now and I have to like <laughs> ask you about everything I do because that might I mean, and it is even for people who've known or like feel that they've known their higher power forever like that is such a scary idea to be like I give you everything right I, absolutely everything I think it's like taking the pressure off to be like this is a piece and we're going to give this piece and we're going to mm-hmm. ask just knowledge of the will and the power to do it knowing that he wants good for us and that's for right. us to not relapse into what that's we were right. doing before that's right right because there's you can absolutely ease into something that sounds overwhelming, but you believe that it would be good. You know, in steps two and three, we talked about maybe you've been wounded a lot um, by the world, by life, by church, yes. and maybe even by that you feel by God. And so like, what does it even mean to trust a higher power? We've experienced all these hurts. And so we talked about the idea of maybe, maybe, mm-hmm. 
you do care about me. Maybe you do love me. Maybe you didn't abandon me in those moments. Uh, And maybe you do have a good, good will and plan for my life that gives me all of the joy and the fulfillment that I'm looking for. And so with surrender, well, maybe I could just, I'll start with this little thing. Okay. That wasn't, that wasn't too bad. Okay. Yeah, maybe this next okay. thing, One piece right? Time. And a little bit more and a little bit more until you actually surrender something risky, mm. something, something that's very vulnerable. And you see what happens because yeah, I mean, like handing the whole thing over and, and saying every single area of my life, whatever you want me to do. I mean, that's fantastic if you can, um, but many of us who have been wounded, we're just not ready to do that yet. Yeah, it can feel very, very overwhelming and quite, what's the opposite of grounded? Untethered. <laughs> Untethered, yeah. That's like, if this is all new and the idea of trusting a higher power is new, to say like, all right, everything I've got, go for it, is is quite something, it's quite a thing to do. Right. And so I think I really love that this, I mean, all the steps do, but I feel like the wording of this step is so intentional in saying mm-hmm. like, yes, constant contact is a whole, is a whole thing, but we're going we're just going to do it about this piece because mm-hmm. you know there's a we might not know in the bible there's a verse that's like be like be, isn't it like a letter from paul it's like be praying constantly always yeah. be praying yeah um <laughs> phrased it a little more colloquial always be praying um <laughs> but but i think that yeah i think that's it's a beautiful introduction to that just like we're going to be praying or we're going to be meditating we're going to be trying to we're going to be thinking about communicating all the time with our higher power about this one piece of our life as we step out if we start to step out of this you know program this this programmed chain of events that that are designed to help heal us and help us get through this journey <laughs> this is something to take away forever right right and if and if you've never had a conversation with any kind of higher power or it's been decades or whatever it is I would just encourage you to just start anywhere. You know, I, I've heard mm. people say so many times, well, I don't know how to pray. Yeah. And really pray, praying, prayer is just a religious word for talking to yeah. somebody to set that is supernatural in nature. Yeah. And so, and it, it is, that's all it is. It's talking to somebody who is supernatural. And so I have heard uh, stories, uh, I'm thinking um, a couple of different people in particular, that the idea of God had always been like, around in their lives, um, but they'd never experienced him. And so they, in a, in a really intense moment in their lives, they sat down and they said, I need you to, sh- to show up if you're real. Mm-hmm. I need you to show me in a way that I can see and feel that you care about me, that you're present, that you see me and that you want to be a part of my life. And, and, and it's so cool. Cause I mean, like people have all different kinds of experiences when they do that kind of thing. You know, some people, they don't experience anything at all. I don't, I can't promise that something happens that you can experience every single time, but I'm thinking of, of uh, one guy in particular that talked about how, when he said that it felt like warm water was just poured over his heart. And like, he was just like filled with this sense of love mm. that this, this, this supernatural being just enveloped him with the sense of you are loved and I am here. And so, you know, what can it hurt? Yeah. What can it hurt to try to like put feelers out into the universe and say, God, if you're there, I need you to show up. You remind me of that. Um, I think it's like an old gift card joke about the guy who's like, prays for God to save him from a flood and like three <laughs> oh, boats, yeah. three boats and a helicopter come by and he's like, no, 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 God's going to save me. <laughs> and God's like, what are you doing? Uh, 
Uh, but I think a friend of mine. Oh, and, then, and then he gets to heaven. He dies in yeah. the flood. And, and, he's, and he like, he's, like, he's like, where were you? <laughs> so I sent you two boats and a helicopter, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like my friend had a very similar situation in that she, she did that. She sat down and she was like, all right, dude, if you're real, I really need you. I need to know that this, that, that, that someone is here with me because I'm, yeah, you know, I'm desperate. I'm at the end of my rope here. And like <laughs> her best friend who she hadn't spoken to in years calls her while she's making this prayer and she's like I'm sorry I'm just talking to God right now I'm trying to see if like he has anything any message for me about someone who like about, like about loving me and her friend's like yeah why do you think I called you oh my gosh I she's love like, yeah, no, so much I, he told me that he told me to call you she's like oh <laughs> <laughs> and that would be the manifestation <laughs> that would be because like you were saying that you don't feel like a, a audible you don't hear an audible voice of God yeah I don't either. The main way I would say 90% of the time that I feel God speaks to me is through other people and is through people that I love. And and those kind of like, mm, quote unquote, coincidences, I don't really think that they are coincidences, but in times where I've asked God for an answer and then someone who I know, like either like one of my sisters who I know like goes to church a lot or a friend of mine or whoever, someone from Gateway, doesn't matter. I'll get get a text that's like, hey, um, uh, I've just been thinking about you a lot. Is there anything that I can do you want to talk about anything and I'll be like yes Yes. usually I seek out the guidance of of Christians much wiser than me (laughs) to to guide me through these things and like we talked about that with Debbie a little bit like that's a really beautiful thing about church is like you get to have these cross-generational relationships where it wouldn't be unusual for me to call someone who's like 30 40 years older than me and be like hi I just I want to talk through this thing (laughs) because I need that which is so cool. Um, well, you gave a little bit of advice already, but what other advice, if you have any, would you give to someone who is who has just read Step Eleven and been like, "Oh, okay." Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I think my advice would be to try not to be overwhelmed by this idea of creating this constant lifelong habit all at once. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, I try to like one of the places that I've started when I've been trying to build this practice is whenever I am worried or stressed out or angry or afraid, I try to treat that as my flag in the air of like my red flag of like, Hey, you need to connect with with Jesus. Take a a Um, second. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, when you, when you're hungry, your stomach kind of like hurts just a little bit, like it tightens up, like, Mm -hmm. and I don't have what I need right now. And I, I kind of see all of those like heavy emotions as like spiritual hunger pains for our Mm. higher power. And so when I, and so when I experience those heavy emotions, I'm like, Oh, that is my soul saying it's hungry for its higher power. Um, and so that's when I, I'm, I come to the Lord and I just like, I lay out like, okay, God, I'm just really worried about finances. Like this came through and this came through and it's like, those were unexpected. And that wasn't part of the plan. And what do we do now? And, um, instead of just having that conversation, cause I'm going to have that conversation with myself anyways, what are we going to do now? <laughs> right. And so, but I, I tried to get into that uh, yeah. and ask for his peace, ask for his wisdom and his encouragement. Um, and, and it doesn't change how I feel every single time, but most of the time I feel seen and I feel like God is saying, Hey, I have you yeah. and it's going to be okay. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I guess, uh, yeah, try not to be overwhelmed and just try to be present enough with yourself, um, to recognize those like, uh, spiritual hunger pains mm-hmm. of like, Oh, Hey, it's time to connect with my higher power again. 
Yeah. Yeah. I love that. You, you were saying that a little bit earlier of like start wherever, like start where, where it makes sense to you to start. Yes. And I'm not someone who, I mean, I've definitely had some personal emotional experiences that felt very much like, like God was in the room with me, mm-hmm. uh, but few, not, not all the time. Mm-hmm. And so the place that I always go back to and start from, which I, I mean that intentionally, like I feel like I start again a lot yeah. and that's okay. Yeah. Is, is through, and this is not going to be for everyone. This is just for me, but it's through more of an academic kind of focus. I love <laughs> digging into, this is so I'm going to show you some things. I'll read them. I mean, it's an audio podcast, but some of you might be watching it at some point. <laughs> um, so I get myself these kind of books. That's like understanding the Bible. It like mm. takes you through the historical, um, literally talking about like what life was like two, 3000 years ago and how everything pertains to that. And they're really like unpacking stuff about the Bible. And then I got this. <laughs> it's an actual it's an niv bible that is cultural background study bible oh so, cool so all the little bits inside tell you about like everything that was happening in other places at the time in the middle east like it gives you art that was made at the time and it's so it. It, like contextualizes it in within history to be like this isn't just a book of beautiful poems and ideas this came yeah. from a time it came from a people there's a history to uncover there mm-hmm. and i find that to be especially when i'm feeling doubt i love like i find that to be the most inspirational thing is to go back and dig into like ancient jewish history that is yeah. not for everyone <laughs> but it helps really love helps it. to ground me and i and then i and then i kind of feel like i'm like indiana jones national treasure like <laughs> like mining for answers and it's like that that's what makes me feel really excited about spending time with god and so yeah start wherever it makes sense to you if that's silent meditation if that's guided meditation if it's like more kind of academic kind of work like i like to do it's all relevant and it's all like there are all roads lead back to god like all roads lead to rome all all of these different paths and methods lead to the same higher power like he's he or they or whoever you believe it to be are big enough that you can access that power in umpteen different ways all right well thank you guys so much for listening to this episode next week we're gonna have another interview our 11 with with morgan archuleta with morgan archuleta yeah she's my friend here and it's gonna be such an amazing interview i've i've heard a lot of her story and so she's gonna be talking about uh she went through abuse and uh gosh and and so much and then she eventually got into recovery for an eating disorder but um the way her higher power the way god started speaking to her was just kind of out of the blue and he like the way he tells her things that like people like that she has no way of knowing any other way i mean just oh yeah she's got amazing amazing relationship with her higher power and the way that he speaks to her and so um just which goes to show that everybody's relationship with god is is unique but um it'll be fantastic definitely come back for that yay that's so exciting well we already did our spiel about how to help us out if you feel so inclined but it's essentially to and interact with us on social media and leave us a review on apple podcasts and yeah come back for interview next week thank you guys so much for listening have a wonderful week and we will see you next time Recovery Mode was created by Ellie Main and Emily Sledge. You can contact us by emailing hello at recoverypodcast.com. Recovery Mode is produced, edited, and managed by Ellie Main. Follow us at Recovery Mode Podcast on Instagram and check out our website for other episodes, community pages, and information on how you can support this podcast and recovery resources through donation at recoverymodepodcast.com.